you're on the Crisis Hotline with Doc. Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening as we present to you another exciting episode of Crisis Hotline with Doc. And today we are delving into Flashpoint. Doc, how are you? I am excellent, Angus. How are you today? I am so excited to get this Flashpoint. Talk about this. Doc, I am too. And what's crazy about this is that, you know, DC, both figuratively and literally, has been in crisis for a very long time. <laughs> and the fact that they did not even name this a crisis event is actually a crisis unto itself because it truly is one. And one <laughs> that better? has. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, there is none better it's as far better. as it's concerned. And, and and what's crazy about this one, Doc, is, you know, Flashpoint is a more modern tale. As a matter of fact, this event took place back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy about it is that it is talked about nowadays with such reverence and uh, fandom and and love and it's just over a decade old which is kind of crazy considering its history because doc if i'm not mistaken this jeff johns authored and adam hubert excuse me andrew hubert uh illustrated gem is a, a a work that was supposed to reboot the whole DC comic book universe and usher in the new 52. Yep. Now, you and I all know how that happened and the result of that. So the, the fact that DC didn't nail the landing, however, um should not adversely reflect on the quality and now the wonderful legacy of Flashpoint. So when we're talking Flashpoint here, Doc, we read the Flashpoint graphic novel, which came out in 2013, which basically collects the essentials here of Flashpoint and that is the first five Flashpoint comics and really that's the core and you know me I'm all about the core and I know you are are, are very good at going out and seeking the all the tie-in issues and 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 certainly that exists too because in the interests of merchandising Flashpoint, the 10th anniversary omnibus, came out in 2021. And when you look that one up, oh my goodness, you're talking Booster Gold, Flash, Flashpoint, Flashpoint Reverse, Flash, Flashpoint, uh, Emperor Aquaman, Flashpoint Batman, Night of Vengeance. I mean, it it, 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 it was a brand. I mean, they, they just branded the thing to death. I mean, they basically touched on every facet of the DC universe they could get their hands on and to great effect. And just to tell you how large of a tome this is, if you have the whole omnibus, it's about 1500 pages. 
as we're what we read, yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, what we read is a far more digestible 166. So, Doc, uh, my exposure to Flashpoint first came in the CW's very successful Flash TV series, okay, mm-hmm. and how they took a curl, a facet of this story and transformed it for the smaller screen and live action and to very great effect. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, they actually brought in Kevin Smith mm-hmm. to direct that tearjerker of an episode, an arc. Okay. I think it was a couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, and, and he did a masterful job. He, he truly, truly did. And to his credit, I, I'm I'm a devout uh, listener to his podcast that he does with Mark Bernardin, and which is Fat Man Beyond now. And at the time, Kevin said, "Hey, look, the biggest thing I could do was get out of the way of the brilliant writing of the scripting, the the adaptation of this Flashpoint event, and then insertion of it into this CW." Flash Balantiverse, okay, uh, and and allow the actors and actresses to do their thing. I, I, that's that's pretty humble, but uh, you know, honestly, Kevin is a devout comic book geek. Oh, absolutely, fan. Yeah. And I know he wanted to do that thing justice because he has a lot of love for the Flash's character. So that was my first exposure. A second exposure has been through these very, very enticing trailers that we're getting for the DC Flash movie that's coming out here in June. What I'd like to do, we'll touch upon that at the very end of this episode, but I wanted to give you my background or my context walking into this read. So, Doc, for the benefit of our audience, what was your first exposure to Flashpoint? And what were your initial impressions when you first read the series? Because I think you were reading this series real-time or close to real-time when it came out. Am I correct? Correct. Yeah, I was reading it real-time as it was being released. And, um, you know, there was always... When they introduced this, there was kind of rumblings and rumors that, like, you know, this is going to be the event that kind of um, sets the stage for rebooting the whole DC universe. And at the time, didn't think of it because we've, we we kind of heard that before. We see, you know, oh, they tried to do the same thing with, you know, Crisis and Infinite Earths, and they just went back and everything. So I was kind of like, I wasn't, I wasn't reading it with that in mind. The whole reboot, I was just enjoying the series as it was, and I absolutely, I absolutely loved. It. I thought it was really unique. I thought it was uh, it was a great idea because it's like think about it if um, you know Flash has that ability to go back in time and if he could change the most traumatic part of his life why wouldn't he try it's a, it's kind of a, it makes him a little bit more human and uh, even though he's always trying to do the right thing um, uh, you know this is just it just shows his really human side and I, I really love how they did that with his character like you know would can we say with a hundred percent certainty that Batman wouldn't try the same thing if he had access to the time stream and you know and things like that for going back and um, and saving his parents and things like that? So I thought it was a really cool setup. And then they did not 
dabble in it. They went full throttle, and that's what I really appreciate. They we got uh, we got all of our all the favorite characters, but we got them very different ways. And I thought that was really cool. And I think fans really really liked that at the time with Flashpoint. That you get a you know that that war between the Atlanteans and the Themyscirians, and um and just a new kind of this new interpretation of Batman in this Flashpoint world. So I I loved it. I couldn't put it down. And usually you know when you see how many tie-ins are going to be with it and how many different series are attached and um, one-offs and all that, you can kind of roll your eyes and you're like, ah, oh, here we go. But I loved all the tie-ins. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, all of them didn't, they weren't, some of them weren't as good as others, of course, that's to be said without, you know, for uh, obvious reasons. Um, but uh, overall, I thought they really helped supplement the story and it just expanded that main, like the story that we read, that main Flashpoint series, these little one-offs and tie-ins and everything, they really kind of, um, they fleshed it out and they really gave you a great overarching story that uh, I thought was just fantastic. And I thought the conclusion worked. And then, um, you know, and then post, when you get to the New 52, maybe that's a, uh, a discussion for a different topic or a different day. But um, overall, I thought I thought this series worked well, and I loved revisiting it, and I forgot just how much I liked it. Yeah, Doc, it, it's really interesting to hear the elements that you're bringing to light here as far as what gripped you uh, about this series, because it, coming at this completely as a newbie and cold, other than, again, like I said, the, the context I had rolling into it, I was initially a bit overwhelmed on the scale with which we were talking here. I, I was expecting something very intimate, a very Flash-centric story. No, it is Flash-centric. I had not a clue about all the various tie-ins. Now, the thing that worked in its favor is that I'm huge, huge, huge into mythology. Love mythology. So you've got two mythological cultures, the Atlanteans and one woman and her Amazons, the Themyscirians, going at it in a full-blown war here in this alternate world. And that was compelling to me because the, the scenes were epic and just drew me in. So this, this from the start had me right on the edge of my seat because it was non-stop action. It non-stop. did not drag. The dialogue, the scripting, again, we, you and I are both big Jeff Johns fans. Oh, yeah. And he just did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. with, with this story. Loved it. Now. It, then, on top of this, <laughs> we get one of, I firmly believe, one of the first families of comics, and that's the Kuberts. Okay. This is Andy Kubert or Andrew Kubert, son of Joe. Okay. Yes, that Joe Kubert, the one who started the Kubert School, the one who was inducted into the Harvey Awards Jack Kirby Hall of Fame and the Will Eisner Comic Book Hall of Fame, okay? So you know the DNA with which all of the visual storytelling that was done in Flashpoint here is spot on perfection. Mm -hmm. It, it, It is technically, as it relates to sequential art, right in line 
with the Joe Kubert school because <laughs> it's Andy Kubert. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and Andy's great. He's absolutely great. And he services this story so incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to tell you how confident and proud DC was about the visuals, as well as, of course, Jeff Johns' storytelling, was that in this graphic novel, for every one of the covers that came out in the single issues, they had a full-blown cover of art without any of the lettering or anything around it, no titles or anything like that, just that art piece. Then immediately followed by Andrew Kubert's pencils to show you the amount of detail and the precision with which he was drawing these characters. And it is nothing short of impressive. It, it, I, I, I was okay. really, really taken aback and saying, okay, I'm really in for a treat here because DC is flexing here saying, hey, we're pretty proud of this work, as they should be. You absolutely should be. But, Doc, what gets me about this series is the fact that when it came out, you brought exactly the level of hype that surrounded this thing. Because I went back into articles that were published at the time, and man, there was a fever pitch of anticipation about this particular event. Yeah. And, and let's let's face it, the, the Warner Brothers DC machine at the time was pretty good about, you know, getting that bullhorn out and letting everybody know, hey, look, we're, we're going to do another big event here and you're going to want to be reading it. Uh, sadly, this series immediately did not get the reverential following because of how they landed or failed to land in some instances, the actual launch of the new 52. Right. So I think what has really resuscitated this whole story is the focus on the flash. Number one, Mm -hmm. the flash being very, very popular. Grant Gunderson's, portrayal of the character throughout the CW series because very clearly other than Arrow and I think now there's actually been more seasons of The Flash. Uh, the Flash has been oh. the most successful of the CW programs in that Berlantiverse that was brought to life there on the small screen. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they took elements out of this Flashpoint then brought it to a broader audience through the CW series, has only helped perpetuate and propel this story legacy forward to where we're now about to see in June the implementation again of this same story elements in the new Flash movie. So, Doc, let's break down the essential elements here in in your assessment of this story and where you think it has serviced the DC universe well and and where there was some expansion upon the flash centric elements to then incorporate 
other facets of the DC universe. So let's first start with what's Barry Allen's predicament here when we start Flashpoint? Oh, um, Barry is just, um, you know, he's like I mentioned earlier, it's like, you know, the main, you know, like his, his origin story and his source of what he does, it comes from that pain of losing his mother at a very young age and having his father being blamed for the crime. Um, and, um, you know, so he's, you know, we see like, you know, in, uh, just going back and forth between the comic book and even the TV show, um, the flash show, um, you, you always see him, he's visiting his dad, his, and, you know, they always kind of presented that his life really can't start because he's just being held back by this trauma that was in his life. So like I kind of mentioned before, it's like when he, he gets these powers, he soon realized, and this doesn't happen that far along after we get the flash back from um, Final Crisis, which we talked about not too long ago. So, you know, that's that's what I think is pretty cool. We don't have Barry and the Flash back that long in DC until he does this major, <laughs> this major kind of, I guess you could kind of say, kind of screw up. <laughs> and um, uh, and then, you know, to create this world where he wants to, he wants to save his mom. He wants, he wants his mom in his life. I mean, and, you know, so coming from that, even though he adds to, which we'll talk about, a lot of destruction that goes on, I mean, you can't help but feel bad for the guy because he wasn't trying to, you know, he wasn't doing the villain way where I'm going to control this world, I'm going to change it and put it under my thumb, blah, blah, blah. No, it was, I just want my mom back and I want her in my life and uh, things like that. And I, it's like, I can do that. I can go back in time and do make this happen. And um, then we just get that butterfly effect, you know, that we see in science fiction tropes. And it is, um, I think that's where the story really grabs you. And um, because in the beginning, we aren't aware. We just see Barry wake up. And we don't even know that it's an alternate timeline now, which actually I shouldn't say it's an alternate timeline. It's not. It's it's the current Earth timeline that he changed on accident um, uh, by saving his mother. And he just wakes up and then he kind of comes to the realization that, oh, things aren't right. He tries to like uh, he was late for a meeting. So he was running down the stairs and he tripped. And because uh, like he didn't have that speed force. And uh, he was like, oh, that was odd. And then when he comes to he's looking straight at his mother like in her eyes and he's like what <laughs> he's kind of just surprised and everything and so that's kind of where it starts and then now this mystery kind of unfolds like what's going on is you know is this is this some villain that created this you know world for him is he in some kind of trance or another timeline or you know what's going on here and i think that's where i like it too because it is it is a mystery he's trying to find out who screwed up the timeline and it turns out that that it was him of course you know the first person he goes to or he thinks about is is uh is reverse flash Eobard Thawne and uh, because why wouldn't you and uh he's, he's messed with them his whole life um but I, I really think that's where the power of the story comes in it's a, it's kind of like a little mystery you don't know what's going on in the beginning and um and as it gradually unfolds you get some really cool characters you know you're seeing all your all your favorite um heroes and villains just in all different ways you know basically there's not that many superheroes in this world and cyborg there's no justice league cyborg is the man he is like the, he works for the government and he is the protector um uh, he is the main guy and everything so we see a little team up with him which i thought was really cool and it was really i thought it was awesome seeing cyborg in that in a very alpha kind of role like very you know um he's not doubting himself he's he, he's 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 running the show basically as far as um superheroes go and, and you know they're trying to find this way with all these other subplots that are going on of dealing with different things in that world and that's how barry kind of comes to understand um you know, um, that how different this world is 
Well, he still thinks he's in a different timeline, so that's why I keep saying his world from the real world. Um, and he doesn't realize it yet that that's actually his. And then uh, eventually he goes, and I think the strongest part of this, um, call me, you know, call me out on it, listeners and everything, but I think the strongest part here is Batman storyline. What we learn happened to Batman in this new timeline. And um, I don't know how much you want to get into it. I think it's pretty common knowledge now what, what went on there. Um, yeah. Doc, this is a decade old, so okay. Folks, here's yeah. your warning: spoilers, <laughs> spoilers. But, but, on it, but honestly, this is a decade old series, so we're yeah. going to spoil it because I, I think it's important for us to delve into this detail, so then we can relate it back to what we are going to expect based on the trailers that we've seen for the upcoming Flash movie. So, Doc, go right ahead. Let's spoil it. Awesome. So, you know, he finds out that uh, when he goes to the Batcave, he notices, oh, this doesn't look the same. It's very bare bones. Instead of instead of the cabinet where um, Robin's costume is, there's a gun um, like on, on display. And, um, and then Batman comes out of the shadows and kind of beats the tar out of Flash for a little bit. And then, he, and then Barry quickly realizes that it is Thomas Wayne. It is not even Bruce. Back in that alleyway all those years ago, um, Joe Chill killed Bruce Wayne and the parents lived and we get this huge impact from that storyline that um, uh, I, uh, I believe Thomas Wayne is still a doctor, if I'm correct. I can't remember his exact. Oh, no, he's a casino owner or something. So he's not even a right. doctor in this one. Yeah. And because uh, he um, he has I believe he has the Joe, the penguin employed mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, which was another cool little twist to it. But then we also find out that um, because of that trauma of losing their son, Martha uh, Wayne snapped and she is this she is now the Joker that is the origin of the Joker in this new in this new timeline and um which was I think one of the coolest revelations the first time I read that I was I was like laughing out loud and I may have even had a tear in my eye I was so I was so just elated over that kind of uh that kind of storytelling and um and so we get a really great storyline and of course when um when thomas or when when uh, barry is finally able to convince thomas that he doesn't belong here and he was a superhero in his world there's not even a flash in this world that um and uh, and he convinces thomas uh, that they need to do something to fix this timeline and, you know and he explains to him um you know there is a batman in my world but it's not you and he explains what happened and that really hits thomas hard he's like wait there's a there's a place where my son's still alive and so we get this this motivation from him and he is the batman that um um thomas wayne is the batman that is um the gun toting not taking prisoners kind of killing people and uh, kind of like a, almost like a punisher kind of character more a punisher than a batman he doesn't have that code that he doesn't kill um because he that pain of losing his son he just wants to eradicate crime and he wants to make sure it stays eradicated so he comes across somebody boom they're done and of course he's um he's been chasing around his wife trying to get her you know um either into arkham or or you know trying to help her in some ways because he knows the pain that she's in even though she's kind of crazy at this point but uh so all these little things that go on and then of course there's a war between um the amazonians and the themiscurians um that they're they're both Uh, battling for earth Doc, yes. I, I think, uh, yeah, the Themyscirians and Amazonians. Oh, sorry, one side, Atlanteans. <laughs> yes, no problem. Thank yep. you. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Bite, they're not infighting. Don't worry. Right. Um, which yeah, no civil be, war there. That'd be kind of cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> not this time. Yeah. And so, and, uh, and you know, we see, like, I mean, the world has been absolutely devastated. There's, I believe, it was Paris 
that yes. um yeah that they com- uh, that um uh, Aquaman complete he is the emperor of Atlantis yep. and he completely just took down he sunk Paris so we're talking about like there's a lot of lives being lost humans are just stuck between this war between basically these these all powerful really almost godlike you know races um on earth and it's, it's just yeah if i'm not mistaken then you have the themiscurians having basically commandeered london so mm-hmm. literally you've got this battle happening across the english channel yeah and because they're yeah they're basically the atlanteans want the surface world they want to take it over and they, they it's just this big territorial battle going on and uh and then like there's so like with some of the tie-ins we get like there's an underground resistance um which i thought was was just awesome and you don't get that in the main series you might you might hear things about the uh, resistance but um they have to go into those tie-ins and everything to get like kind of the big story with that and which lois lane is part of the resistance and we see oh uh, doc yeah one of my favorite characters and yeah, the too. demon Etrick and the demons, part of the Etrigan. resistance. Yeah, it's it, they do so. Jeff Johns just he took some characters and he really some of them he changed around completely, and other ones he just tweaked a little bit and made them just a little bit different. And um and of course probably the other really big revelation is Superman's storyline in this world. Superman, there is no yeah. Superman really. He was captured by the government when he crash landed as a as a baby and the government took him put him in a room where he has no exposure to our son and so he when you see him oh my god it's it's kind of creepy he's like super emaciated and very thin he has no power and um they're just trying to figure out how they can weaponize superman and to, to basically you know work for the government and and possibly you know use him to save earth against this battle between these two you know the atlanteans and the amazons so that was a really let me see you know how um when Barry and Thomas find out about Superman as a rescue effort, and and then it's like, oh, well, and then I, I like the uh, that kind of realization when they they break him out, and Superman just kind of goes off on his own, or like, oh crap, what do we just unleash on the Earth? What do we do? Because in this, he is an alien. Um, you know, he is the alien of the world, and uh, nobody knows exactly what his purposes are, and the fact that he's been locked up for many many years you know in the government facility he probably doesn't have the greatest view of humanity now so it's like wow you guys just unleashed a super weapon into the into the world and he's and he's powering up and it's really fun those that anticipation of what is going to happen with superman and it's also really cool too i always i got out of it too it's like that it's that that moral part of it it's like is superman the way he is the superman that we know and love because of his upbringing, you know, because he had those, um, uh, the Kents that raised him with a really good, strong moral backbone and, you know, that heart, that, that, uh, you know, the, the work ethic and all that. So is that what made Superman Superman? Because right now we have a very cold and very, um, uh, ticked off Superman that is, uh, that is going to, uh, um, I don't, I won't give away some details with that, but I think his storyline works out pretty well with this as well. So it's just all these different elements and we see, and, and then the big revelation when, when Barry realizes that he is the cause of all of this, he's the cause of this mass scale death in this world. And that's when he finds out too, that, um, that he it's it's not an alternate timeline it's not part of the multiverse where he's in a different dimension this is his earth and he's done all this to his earth and it's that whole utilitarian ethics thing it's like you know is it the greater good 
or does it matter, you know, or is it that more like that solipsistic kind of uh, aspect where he's just worried about himself and he wants himself to be happy? And we all know Barry Allen, he is not solipsistic at all. So he, uh, you know, he realizes what a mistake he did. He goes, you know, I've done all this to save one person, but it is my mom. So it's this huge dilemma that he's in. And it's, I think it, I think it, it works really well. I think we've, um, besides Jeff, Jeff Johns's uh, Green Lantern run, I don't think we've seen him. At a, in, in, at a peak of writing skills as he does with this series. I think he does such a great job going into these moral issues and um, and uh, and having a lot of fun with just tweaking around some of these characters. It's it's really it's it's a really fun story. Doc, it really is a fun story. I I was pretty blown away yeah. by how much I just embraced it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I wouldn't say I was going into it with any resistance, uh, but but frankly, when opening up the the graphic novel and getting into what effectively was the first issue, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've just entered into something midstream. Yeah. This is a bit overwhelming. What's going on here? But I'm like, oh, okay, calm down. Let's <laughs> just let's just read the first issue fully. Let's see if we get some explanation for this. And sure enough, with Jeff Johns through the very good dialogue and with some explaining that he does through effective use of Barry, you get caught up by the end of that first issue and you know what's going Mm -hmm. on in this universe. Therefore, not making the tie-in issues unnecessary, uh, but... Because I, I don't want to do them uh, an injustice here because they they worked very hard on those tie-in issues. I mm-hmm. have no doubt. But but in order for someone to get enjoyment out of this event, it, you don't need to read the tie-ins. Truly, yeah. the tie-ins are for dedicated fans that want to know what is going on in the broader DC universe because all roads in flashpoint lead back to barry allen and his journey here his exactly his pursuit as a detective if you will which actually doc brings us back to batman and, and i i want to touch on that subject here and say that i really felt john's creativity was at its peak when delving into the Thomas Wayne character. And mm-hmm. for those listeners that are big fans of John Wick, <laughs> this is John Wick in a Batman costume. That Absolutely. is really who Thomas Wayne is in this. Yep. He, 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 he is vengeance. And he seeks it out because his vengeance has been ignited by the loss of his son first being killed and his wife's sanity as a result of that tragic death. So he he really is brutal to Barry. Mm-hmm. Barry enters into this world and all it comes close to killing him. I mean, it really yeah. takes it up to the brink. And and Andrew Kubert did an incredible job of illustrating that. Amazing. Yeah. So, so that, that was cool. But, 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 man, your heart goes out to Barry because Barry so desperately wants to prove 
to the Thomas Wayne Batman that he's indeed Flash and he has these powers. This is well, the, how I got them the first time was I was struck by lightning. So he has Thomas Wayne <laughs> help him <laughs> get, get rigged up to a lightning conductor in the middle of a storm and gets electrocuted to the point of nearly dying. And then is dripping blood and is and it's all bandaged up. And, and Thomas Wayne thinks you're an absolute lunatic. Did you want to go up and try this again? The Barry, you know what, steps up to the plate again. And sure yeah. enough, this time it's successful. That second time. And very slowly, his flash powers begin to kick in. And he begins to heal. That restorative healing happens. And Thomas Wayne becomes more of a believer now and like oh okay wait a second yeah this barry allen guy what he's saying yeah he's still he's still a little crazy but there's quite a bit of truth to the words that are coming out of his mouth yeah so i I thought that whole sequence doc was extremely strong oh it was it was really it's like and you could feel you could feel the emotion in these characters it's like you know because you have to keep in mind you know when barry first wakes up in this in this new world that he created you know he has zero powers now and um barry's not used to that so like you said when he when uh when thomas just beats the tar out of him, i mean it's like it's not that oh the speed force will help me recover it's he's he's out of it for a while and uh you know it took everything he could to convince thomas not to kill him because i mean he was in his back cave i mean you don't do that with with especially with thomas wayne and that was it was just really um uh and then like the, like you said that, that whole thing of where he gets his powers and he's trying to get those powers back it's i mean the first time it's like um is this guy auditioning for jackass you know when hooking himself up to this machine yeah. and then uh and then you know it ends horribly and it's like um you know for a second there you didn't know if barry was gonna die or not which was you know the way it was written it was so it was just so well done jeff johns has never been better than uh in this series he he does so much and it's like you said um earlier just to harp on a point just a a little bit ago you made um that's the thing so if you read um uh if you want to do all flashpoint all the tie-ins everything plus the prelude to flashpoint it's a total of 67 issues but you do not need to read every single one of those. You can read, like like Angus just said, you can read that main core um, Flashpoint, and you will completely understand the story. Everything's, you know, you, you get an overview of everything. It's just these tie-ins, they just fill in some of the details. Like, if you wanted to learn more about, you know, this war between uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman's peoples, um, you can go in and read, you know, Flashpoint, Emperor Aquaman. It's They have, like, little um, three-issue runs of, uh, like, it's... Flashpoint Emperor Aquaman, Flashpoint Wonder Woman and the Furies, and Lois Lane and the Resistance. So you can read those, you can get more detail about what's going on in there, and it just fills in everything really nicely. But if you just want to get the idea of this series, um, you can just read that the main one, like like we just did. We reread it, and, uh, and you totally get everything. You will get um, going into the movie. You'll have a really good firm understanding of what's you know what's what might come in the, in the movies and stuff. So it's it's um it's a it's a really fun read. So definitely don't miss out on that. Yeah, it, the Aquaman, Atlanteans, and Wonder Woman, the Muscarians, the Amazonians, uh, uh, that is a, a wonderful classic epic battle, culture mm-hmm. clash, and Jeff Johns just leaned very heavily into that. It's, I don't want to say it's a, a side story, because I don't want to diminish it. I, I feel it's almost worthy of its own focus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but but considering 
the the title of this event is Flashpoint. Yeah. <laughs> the elements here of Barry Allen discovering that hmm, this isn't my world yet. It is mine. Is an affirmation that the DC universe revolves around, no, not the Holy Trinity of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Though, though in fandom, yes, they do. I get that. But as it relates to how the DC universe operates, all roads, thank you, Gardner Fox, lead <laughs> to the Flash. Yes. So that's a massive exclamation point being put down here by Jeff Johns. Now, that premise has been fully embraced with everybody and anybody within the past decade that decides, you know what? It's time for a reboot. Yeah. So before we, we delve here into the new Flash movie, Doc, I do want to touch upon a couple things here before, before we leave actual Flashpoint event here authored by Johns and brilliantly, brilliantly rendered by Andrew Kuber. And that's this. We have classic characters in here, but we would be remiss if we did not mention one element woman <laughs> who was introduced in this series. You know, Jeff Johns is very good at his treatment with classic characters, but at the same time, he has also developed some original characters. And Doc, if I'm not mistaken, he is the author uh, and and creator of Stargirl, correct? Yes, Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm always going to sit up and take notice. We have a new character who is brought into this universe. And Jeff Johns does not disappoint. He gives us Element Woman. And when you look at the original notes by Jeff Johns about the character, he first described to Andy Kubert that the character's breath smells like chalk, transmutes body into any element or compound, colorful exterior and smile hides sadness, closer, talker, socially awkward. Mm -hmm. She has the overall demeanor of a child. And we see this because in a couple of these sequential heart <laughs> panels she in the middle of a battle with superheroes is offering them juice boxes <laughs> sure why not? why not why not okay this is one quirky character she's a bit of comic relief for sure andy kubert's original design um is is very, very much a celebration of the female figure and is an interesting blending of an earthly elemental, kind of has this, you know, rock element to her on one of her arms. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost as if she's, yes, the embodiment of human woman physique, but at the same time, you see Kubert reaching to incorporate all those elements that she can transform herself into. 
So from that standpoint, it's pretty cool. So you do get yeah. an original character here that is grounded, birthed in this event. Okay. So I, I wanted to get that one out there, Doc, because I thought that was of note. And also of note, we haven't mentioned them yet, but but taking place in uh, a, a part, not a huge part, but a part in this is, is actually the Shazam family. Yeah. Okay? yeah. They, they, they play a role in this. And that was cool to see, too. So you, you do have some scenes over in Fawcett. You have some scenes there, of course, in Central and in Gotham. Okay. So now that we've, we've basically brought a full picture here uh, and scope of this Flashpoint event, let, let's delve into what we expect to see f- from an elements perspective in this new Flash movie that's coming out here in June. Because this movie is coming out in a very interesting time for DC. I Most of our listeners will be aware that the brand new head of DC Films is none other than James Gunn, who just brought you the conclusion to the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. James coming over from his work at Marvel. However, he has already been working in DC, having provided us with Suicide Squad, and also with the Peacemaker series over on HBO Max, which was spun off from his Suicide Squad. So this Flash movie essentially is taking Flashpoint. It was under development and developed while the Snyderverse was still in full effect. However, because it's Flashpoint, there is an already built-in element of reset, which plays beautifully Mm -hmm. into James Gunn's hands, now spinning off his new vision for the DC Universe live-action and animation that he's taking over and he has announced already 10 projects, five movies, five streaming series that he is now heading up to bring this new vision to life. So uh, this is an incredible bridge event, if you will, doc, Mm -hmm, to have flashpoint brought to the screens, have some closure. And I'm hoping it's good closure to the Snyderverse. But at the same time, kicking the door down and opening up this new gun-inspired, envisioned writer's room compilation. Because by the way, to James Gunn's credit, he has so much reverential attitudes towards the originators, the creatives of series, Mm -hmm. that I have been most impressed with the writer's rooms that he's assembled not only to come up with this vision, this these 10 projects, but then all the individual creatives that have been assigned to head up various projects, one of which includes Green Lantern Corps being headed up by Jeff Johns. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, Doc, when we look at the trailer for The Flash, mm-hmm. we have Batman, but it's not Thomas Wayne. But it is a different Batman. 
It's our Batman from 1989. None other than Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Which it's pretty big, pretty big deal. That when that when that hit the trailer, I mean, uh, the internet just exploded <laughs> for good reason. For good reason. And it's not just a cameo, Doc. No, I mean he he is going to be central mm-hmm. to this. So he is essentially picking up the Thomas Wayne thread here, or role, if you will, uh, to be that that counterpoint to Barry Allen as he's trying to figure out what in the world's going on here. Yeah. Okay. So this is variation on a theme, folks, that we're talking about. Now, would not be surprised if Superman's cousin ends up playing the role of what Superman was in Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Because we do see Kara in the trailer. Okay. In, in in this particular world that has the old Batman in it, you know, you have Kara there. And you see her flying alongside Barry and, you know, and it, it's pretty cool. And by the way, there's multiple Barrys. So that that's, that's not unprecedented either. All right. So you have that element in there. Doc, what else from the Flashpoint event are you expecting to see in this film based on the trailer? And and what do you hope it will build from a bridge perspective over to this new gun universe that he wants to launch? Yeah. You know, that's, um, that's a, that's a really great question. And I think we're gonna, I I still think, um, I think, I think there's a possibility still that we might and it's and i i can't say this is something that i exactly saw in a trailer but kind of just the a gut feeling i still think there's a possibility we might get a thomas wayne character in this um whether it's just still his dad or if it maybe he you know he does see another you know batman that's thomas wayne and another uh another timeline or something i still think we're gonna see that because i think the um that um, that emotional connection with those two really is, you know, and their react and the way they play together in um, in the Flashpoint comic book. I think that was such a an important part. And like you said, I think you're right. I think it's going to be that Michael Keaton's Batman is going to take that role. He's going to be the stand-in for Thomas. But I don't know why. I just I just have a feeling that we might see a Thomas. He may not have a huge role, but I think we're going to get some kind of of Thomas in there um, uh, or something. And it doesn't look like we have, we're going to have the battle between um, the Atlanteans and the Amazons. I didn't get any impression of that. Did you, did you um, think there was going to be a big battle? Did you see anything that would uh, kind of, Hmm, that might be a battle there. No, I, I, I saw yeah. none of that. However, yeah, I didn't see it. However, doc, I will say this. What I'm clueless about is what in the world this Aquaman film is going to be in December. So yeah. who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, we, we had already a cameo by Gal Gadot in the yeah. new Shazam film. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Shazam too. I, I don't know what we're going to get here at the end of the flash, because there are several things that are certain. Okay, this is the last time we're going to see Ezra Miller as the Flash. 
All right. That's pretty much a guarantee. Yeah, that's guaranteed. Yeah. Okay. For reasons we're not even going to get into here. No. All right. <laughs> you know, everyone knows. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I'm going to see The Flash in spite of uh, who's starring as The Flash. Let's yes. Because uh, I'm a big Michael Keaton fan. I love DC, uh, the DC universe. I'm rooting for you, DC. Please stick this landing and allow James Gunn to have his vision come to life. Yes. Unlike what happened to Snyder. Okay, because mm-hmm. I'm a big Snyder fan too in the Snyderverse. And, and by the way, I, I I love it all. I'm not one camp or the other. It's like bring it all Agreed. to me. Okay. Yep. Because it all. we are so lucky in this day and age, Doc, to have so many high quality superhero productions that are put out there for our enjoyment. I mean, people do not understand how good you've got it right now. <laughs> if you grew up and this is all you ever knew, okay? Yep. It's That was not the world that we ended up growing into. So there's your older person <laughs> public service <laughs> announcement to you, okay? Or get off our lawn. So, yeah, so, so just, no, more importantly, get in the movie theater and enjoy it. It's being produced by some incredible creatives. And yes, they're not going to create a masterpiece every time, but go support these things so they'll keep making them. And that's we'll the get thing those masterpieces. I, that's the, exactly. So guess what? You're going to have to take some, well, that was okay, with some, oh my gosh, that blew my mind away. Yeah. Okay? So just, just go. And enjoy. That, that's and all enjoy. I'm saying. Stop being hypercritical and overanalyzing it all. Just enjoy it for what it is. It's just fun. It's just exactly. some fun stories. It's, it, com- it's comic books come to life. Come on. Let's right. enjoy <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, Doc, I, I was not seeing in the trailer any of those elements of yeah. some grand war happening between the Atlanteans and Themyscirans at all. And now, but what I am seeing, however, is uh, Zod <laughs> coming yeah. back. Okay, mm-hmm. Th- that that's you know we're, we're talking holy moly. We're going back to Snyderverse Superman. Mm-hmm. What I'm also seeing is Ben Affleck's Batman. Yes, yeah, or at least his Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. So let's be clear about this. At least his Bruce Wayne. Being in this, but I'm seeing, however, his version of the Batmobile in this, at least the urban uh, kind of armored uh, vehicle. So, you know, there, there, there may be actual Ben Affleck as Batman in here, but for sure we see him as Bruce Wayne talking with one of the Barry Allens. And so, so those are are pretty set in stone. Yeah. What we don't know are there are going to be any elements from Tim Burton's Batman run that that universe that end up coming into play. I mean, I haven't heard any rumors of a Danny DeVito Penguin or a Jack Nicholson Joker. <laughs> Showing up anytime soon. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that's going right. to happen. And, and I, I, I have no doubt that they, they do not want to bring any elements from the whole Joel Schumacher run uh, into play at all. I think DC would rather like forget about those. Um, yeah. So I'm not expecting Arnold Schwarzenegger to show up as Mr. Freeze. Okay. 
or Jim Carrey to show up as the Riddler. Or bat nipples. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or anything like that. All right. Alicia Silverstone coming in as Batgirl. No, that's, yeah. I'm not saying that. Okay. I don't see that happening. No, no. But it, it will be interesting how deep they end up going into Barry's personal life because, yeah. as you said before, central to the story is the loss of family, namely Barry's mother. His desire to stop his mother from being killed. And, of course, the fate of his father. And in this different universe that we have here in Flashpoint, we've got different outcomes. We actually have Barry's mom living and his father not landing in jail, but actually dying of a heart attack. So maybe one of those Barry Allens that we see on the screen will be that Barry Allen. But there's going to be something here, a key motivating factor. And I think it's going to be that, as you brought up earlier, Doc, that absence of family mm-hmm. that motivates Barry to want to pursue changing outcomes here. Right. And then the, that, that fissure happening, that, that slicing of the timeline that only he could do there with the speed force. Uh, at least readily speaking. I mean, there are others who you know, go beyond space and time within the DC universe, but you know, they have different methods from which pulling all that stuff off. Mm-hmm. I will be interested to see, Doc, if we have some emergence of reverse flash at all. You know, I was I was just thinking that myself. It's like I mean, it's such a it, it's he's such a big role in in Flashpoint, and for not what you think though. Exactly, right. again, he's not the villain. He's uh, but he's not to say he takes on a good role. He completely exploits the situation. He you know he tries to you know do what he can to get his to get what's good for him out of it. Um, so he's not helping the situation at all. But he he is there, and he is the one that basically makes. Um, Barry realized that it's his fault and he had nothing to do with it. Reverse Flash had nothing to do with it. But right. I think this would be, I, I mean, if there's any better time of introducing the uh, Reverse Flash into the DCCU, um, now, it's now. <laughs> it's perfect. And um, I would love, uh, we need we need a really good um, Reverse Flash. And uh, I hope that happens because I think it would be, it would add a, a lot to this and it would really, even if they don't use him, you know, even if he just pops up, and then he's gone. At least he's there. And now we know that he's in this world. And I think Gunn could do amazing things with uh, with Reverse Flash because he is a he is a brutal um, uh, a brutal villain more than more than what people think with him. And it's uh, I think uh, he could do a lot in future movies with him. So I'm hoping we get a little bit. But uh, you know the trailer. I I remember I was looking to see if I see any yellow flashes anywhere, and I don't really see that. So I don't know if we're going to get him or not. So it's going to be an interesting. They might be just be keeping it under wraps. Well, yeah, and I hope they're keeping it under wraps and that it actually end up, ends up getting revealed. And I hope it is just a figure, whether it's CGI or or just a, a body in a costume with yeah. some muffled voice. Okay, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see the original being that then becomes Reverse Flash because this now will allow Gunn to properly cast... Yeah. Reverse Flash, yeah, and the new Flash, and the Reverse Flash could be the leader, the guide over to whoever the new Flash is going to be. 
And what version? Yeah. Are we going to get yeah. Barry Allen? Are we going to get Wally West? Who are we going to get in the Gunverse? That's, okay. that's exciting just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think you can very cleverly lay a lot of Easter eggs here in this movie that then give you a nice trail that and some lead time for Gunn to get his projects off the ground. And then for a reintroduction of the Flash, utilizing the Flashpoint event here in this film to key off of. So all roads can lead back to there and then get revealed throughout Gunn's movies. And I think that would be a really effective way to lead up to a reintroduction of the Flash. Now, there's been a massive movement amongst the diehard fans of the CW's Flash TV series to have Grant Gunderson show up in this film as one of the alternate world Barry Allens. Okay. I'd love to see that, even if it's just a tip of the hat to someone who is very faithfully portrayed that character and engendered so much genuine love mm-hmm. out of DC fandom. And I include myself in that group of folks because oh. the, the, those first several seasons of the flash knock awesome. are absolutely enchanting. Yeah, they they are. are great. It's fantastic storytelling. Great. Gunderson's awesome as the character. Love, love, love him as it. However, the thing that makes that problematic, if you were to go full scale and introduce Grant in as a Flash, is guess what? There are no listings for any Flash movies or super team hero team up movies within Gunn's DC Universe projects during those several years. Grant will age out of the role very quickly. Unless you want to do an older Barry Allen. An older Iris. Okay. Yeah. And then if that's the case, aren't you then mentoring Wally in some alternate world where where Barry doesn't die, maybe? I mean, who knows? So I think it becomes problematic, but I would like to see a tip of the hat to Grant. That would be cool. Because that would be some nice fan service, but also at the same time acknowledge all of the hard work he did in yeah. faithfully portraying the character that is really beloved by a lot of comic book fans. No doubt. And you know, on on the side of that too, let's not forget the uh, the persuasion of Hollywood. If this movie, if this Flash movie becomes huge, they might tell Gunn, "You need to put another Flash movie in here because you know it made a ton of money. People want to see more." So I could always see that happening. Which again, that comes into that leave Gunn alone. He's got a vision, let him do it. But I can see you know the almighty dollar kind of getting in the way and then maybe forcing another Flash movie in there. But you know, looking at this in like a, in the way we look at comics, like when we're, you know, like for example, the Flashpoint comic book series, this was an event, this was a huge event. There's always like prelude issues um, that you read to give you a little bit of background that leads up to the main, um, the main event. I think this movie, this Flash movie is the prelude to the James Gunn um, uh, DC universe. And I think um, he's got, and I think he walked into a pretty good situation. He probably wasn't crazy about it at first, but because he could do anything now with with this multiverse opening up and all these different characters, I think he can go anywhere with it. And I think that really helped him in the long run. And I think he realizes that too. He is not a, um, if anything, we all know he is not a dumb man. And I think he knows that he has a really good opportunity that he can go in a lot of different directions. And I think he's, um, um, 
that's why I because from what I understand, there was a lot of reshoots on the Flash and things like that. And I think a lot of reshoots happened after Gun kind of came into the scene. Maybe not a lot, but there was a few here and there. So they might be doing little like they might be putting in little Easter eggs for future uh, movies. But I think he's in a really good position. And like we say it all the time on this podcast, we say it a lot when we're just texting or talking that um, they just have to get out of Gun's way and just let him do his thing. And uh, I think Gun is. I think he's a great choice. We saw what he did with Guardians. I was never a huge Guardians fan, but I love those movies. I think he did a great job. He's got a really good feel, and he loves comic books. And I think he's going to stay faithful to things in the same sense as you know introducing something new so it's not completely stale for comic book fans. But I think we're going to get something great, and um, he just he just needs the room to flex and spread his wings, and I think we're going to get a great universe from it. So, Doc, here's an interesting twist in all of this, just to kind of bring this to to closure with regard to speculation i know we've been really focused in on barry and his journey here and in that aspect of the flashpoint but we're also having to bring another series to a close here in december and that being Mm -hmm. namely aquaman and aquaman 2 yeah which frankly for me uh, my speculation on this one with regard to the delays is twofold one you had so much uproar within DC in you know who was acquiring whom at what given time. And you had this big, big, big looming premiere of another water-based movie from a none other than innovative icon director of visual spectacle with Avatar Mm. 2 coming to the screen and James Cameron that I am nearly certain with the built-in excuse of COVID that the DC crew said, you know what? We might want to take a little more time on the visual effects on this one because Cameron is going to absolutely shift the paradigm and, and just put the the bar so high as it relates to water-based effects that uh we may need to do a little extra work which from that standpoint thank you james cameron yeah most likely (laughs) you most likely indirectly made aquaman 2 a better film at least visually speaking i can't speak to the script but what i can speak to is the official description of this movie and i just want to throw this one out here to you doc and the synopsis, the Lost Kingdom, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom synopsis reads the following. When an ancient power is unleashed, Aquaman must forge an uneasy alliance with an unlikely ally to protect Atlantis and the world from irreversible devastation. Okay, let the conjecture fly. When we're talking Flashpoint here, Doc, we had the Themyscirans and the Atlanteans battling one another. I still don't see that happening here, okay? Yeah. E- even, even based on this description. But what has been confirmed within Aquaman 2 is Black Mantis coming back. Yeah. So maybe that unlikely ally to protect Atlantis, maybe it's Black Manta, okay? Mm-hmm. Um. Because or or it's Black Manta unleashing this ancient power. Okay, so 
this appears to be a very Atlantean-centric movie that although does not have crossover with Flashpoint, could be happening at the same time that Flashpoint is happening, the Flash movie. And then the wrap-up of Flashpoint basically wraps up this world's Aquaman and Atlantis. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm just trying to see here and, 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 and put out how the Flash movie can bring closure to everything that was the Snyderverse and then open the door up to James Gunn's new vision yeah. for the DC universe. Yeah, you know, uh, one one quote that I read from um, from the, the Aquaman actor, Jason Moma, was, uh, and I, I and granted, this is just a quote. I don't have a lot of context. It was just one of those blurbs I kind of came across. And uh, he mentioned that the, uh, the final this new Aquaman movie that's coming out, the final version was not the version of this, of the original script that he read. So it sounds like a lot of things changed during, I don't know if it was during the filming or if it was post-production, you know, I don't know if it was like the editing job. I don't know. And uh, I'm not saying that he was unhappy with it. Cause again, I don't know the whole context of the quote, but the fact that he said that, that, it, that it's a very different movie. I wonder if gun, was able to, you know, in reshoots or, or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about the exact timeline, if that would even work. But I, that's why I'm always like, I'm curious to see if it's just going to be that they're they're ending it or if they're going to, because, I mean, it seems pretty pretty firm that Jason will not be the Aquaman in future movies. So um, I know we've pretty much, um, I think that's been established. So I'm not saying that there's never going to be another Aquaman in uh, in Jane Gunn's uh, cinematic vision, uh, but it definitely won't be Jason. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see exactly where that quote, uh, you know, how that quote comes in. Because um, uh, it, it'll be interesting. Um, I really enjoyed that first Aquaman movie. And this one, the plot sounds great. I'm hoping this ancient evil is some kind of, Lovecraftian, you know, version of a uh, of an ancient god or something. That's what I want to see personally. But um, uh, you know, I think I think the movie will be fun. Um, but uh, I'm definitely ready for James Gunn's universe to uh, to kick in, and I think Flashpoint is going to do an amazing job, or the Flash movie is going to do an amazing job with uh, with setting the stage of getting t- lots of different things. There's going to be so much. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of buzz after this movie comes out and a lot of speculation about what's going to be going on post flash movie. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, did I lose your bill? No, I'm here. Oh, okay. Here. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. I, I, I purposely muted. Oh, gotcha. uh, Cause I was, cause I was looking over some things here and, uh, you know, I I couldn't agree with you more. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm going to most likely now I'm I'm breaking from this and I'm I'm gonna end it uh right there on that last yeah. quote that you made. Okay. Um, but I'm looking at this more just between you and me, because I didn't want to make this thing an Aquaman episode. Yeah. Uh but what I came up with is uh, Stingray is gonna be in this. Oh really? Yeah. And now they gender swap Stingray. Okay. Okay. Which is fine. I'm totally yeah. good with. Okay. So you've got Stingray in here as well as Black Manta. Okay. Um, so though those I think are gonna be the focus. You you've got Tamora Morrison coming back as Tom Curry. Dolph Lundgren's back as King uh Narius. 
Uh, you've got Patrick Wilson as King Orm. So this is really at uh, Ocean Master. So you, you're yeah. really, you're you're really, uh, I think, setting up a an underwater war happening. So I think Aquaman is really going to be fairly well self-contained. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to. Yeah, it's going, Wait, which direction. is cool, and that'll and that'll service the whole thing well. Yeah, uh, and then also returning back to the fold, you've got Ben Affleck coming back playing Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. but that's it as far as cast crossover cast is concerned. Yeah, it's um, it would it would have been great to see some more cameos of um of, of some of the Snyderverse you know heroes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love them all. I think they all do, did did a great job, uh, and I'd love to see them. But I understand the point of having to move forward and everything. So yeah. they don't want to steep. I mean, I think the fact that um. Michael Keaton's going to be in there. That's going to be, you know, that's your nostalgia. And they don't want right. you know, to fill it with too much of that because it'll take away from the story, I think. 